What's up, Notre Dame fans? It's Reggie Brooks. I'm here to tell you I'm meeting my biggest fans on Meat League. Let's talk Notre Dame football past and present. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Hostess Heroes Foundation, and one lucky winner will win two tickets to the BYU Notre Dame game in Las Vegas. So download Meat Lead or to your iPhones and meet me at Meat Lead. All right, what is up, Notre Dame fans? It's Mike Singer, BloomGold.com, with our resident football coach, Tim Hyde, and we're talking all things Notre Dame football and recruiting in this show. Appreciate you guys who are here early on with us live on YouTube. Make sure you hit the thumbs up if you're with us live or watching back. Uh, if you're listening via podcast, appreciate you guys as well. Leave a nice review wherever you listen to your podcast if you have not done so yet. Two-man crew tonight. We are miss- missing Ashton Pollard, um, our fantastic staff reporter. Um, she st- struggled through last week's show with her voice, and um, I'm not going to put her business out there, but she's at the doctor today and uh, didn't get the, the, the best of news. She'll, she'll be fine, but just her voice uh, will still take a little bit of time um, to um, uh, to heal, if, if that's the correct correct doctor term. But So yeah, um, Ashton will uh, hopefully be back with us soon, uh, but for now you're going to have to put up with uh, hearing from uh, myself and Tim. Tim, how are you doing tonight, man? Oh, having a great night. Ready to talk some football. There's a little bit of news, right? So looking forward to chit-chatting here. Yeah, we do have a fun show lined up. Uh, best thing you saw this week's what we'll get into here in a minute. Um, Notre Dame had some news today adding Chris um, Smith, a defensive lineman from Harvard. Um, certainly an interesting get. Um, Rick Meyer interview. I talked to him a couple hours before we started recording. Um, so you guys will get to see that interview um and uh the big one is Notre Dame scheduling FCS Tennessee State uh for the 2023 season. Um Tim and I have some differing views on that one. Um but I feel like as Tim is is calmed down here, he's starting to come more on my side. Uh we were arguing a bit about it yesterday via text message, but I think Tim sees um sees my point of view. So where do we stand on that? You'll have to you have to uh, continue watching or listening to find out and then uh, Notre Dame has a 2022 running back on campus this weekend, Jabran Payne. If you're a diehard Notre Dame recruiting follower, you might know that name. Notre Dame was recruiting him, signed with Indiana, got his release a couple weeks ago, and now officially visiting Notre Dame this week. So we'll kind of talk about that. Already got a quick comment here. Josh says, Mike, nice fade. I don't know if you'd call this a fade, but but uh, Mr. Style, as always, Tim, uh, is on point. So. Uh, uh. Love you, Josh. Hey, real quick, Mike. So, so is that your cousin? Is that your cousin? Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, but uh, you know, you just laid out a fun, a fun uh, hour ahead. And my mother in law is like, Tim, what do you guys talk about? There's no games. I'm like, ma'am, it's Notre Dame football. There's always something. So, sure enough, we are loaded for bear tonight. So, looking forward to it. All right, what, what do you what are you sipping on, Tim? Well, since tonight, I think it's going to be a little bit of a barn burner. I went with uh, the old school West. A little Western shootout, uh, a beer, and you had to have the shot with that beer. So I'm going to beer and a shot, a little Two Tigers tonight to uh, our guys out there at Two Tigers. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. I uh, I'm going a little light. I'm not feeling great this week. Every time I go to the gym in the past month since I've been under the weather, the next I just go too hard. The next day I feel like crap. So uh, just a nice Topo Chico seltzer. These things are fantastic. If you hate on seltzers, then you know whatever. Um, you're probably, you know, a lot older than me. My generation, we love, we love seltzers. 
Um, so um, that's um, that's what I'm sipping on. All right, we'll go uh, right into it, guys. Make sure you hit the thumbs up uh, on YouTube if you're if you're with us watching. Um, Blueandgold.com, dollar for one year premium access. Head to the site, check it out. Best thing you saw this week, Tim? It's a, a new weekly um, segment we're having on our show. What is the best thing you saw this in the in the just the past few days here? Two things. I'm going to give a little shout out to Ashton here in 10 seconds. But my first one is a little in the background of some clips on Saturday during practice. You saw this large guy walking around and you have to do a double take. It wasn't Quentin Nelson. It was a young man, Peter Jones, who's a sophomore who looked like Quentin Nelson walking around with big Q. So I thought that was awesome on Saturday. He's a big dude. So looking forward to talking about him way down the road. And then for Ashton. Ashton, I kid her all the time because no one writes about baseball more than Ashton. And I'm always talking about Midwestern baseball. It doesn't matter until you win on the road in the South. And guess what? Notre Dame goes on the road, sweeps number five Florida State in Tallahassee. So I just thought that was awesome for Notre Dame sports in general to go on the road after struggling a little bit lately and getting a huge, huge win for uh, that baseball program moving forward. Yep. There you go. YouTube audience, Peter Jones. Um, had a story up on him at blueandgold.com coming out of his visit. And, uh, you know, usually my first question to kids after their visit, you know, I, I covered recruiting for the Irish at blueandgold.com. My first question is usually just tell me about the visit. You know, what'd you get to do? And he went through the entire itinerary. I mean, from start to finish, it was about six minute answer. So Peter, uh, if you're listening to this or watching, I, I do appreciate it. So um, a, a really good story at Blue and Gold dot com titled uh peter jones goes in depth on weekend notre dame visit so good stuff um there all right my best thing i saw this week is a little bit of me being a smart ass because it's the this the nuttiest thing i saw this week braylon edwards what the hell did you guys see this you'll have to let me know if you haven't Watched this. I'm not able to play it just due to copyright reasons. Like the video of Braylon Edwards um, talking in this video on Monday about, um, I can read the quote about how he doesn't want um, Kyle Hamilton to go number two um, to the Detroit Lions, which I get. Like if you're a Lions fan and you don't want your team to go get a safety at the number two pick, like I understand that, but his uh, his reasoning. Um, was it, it was really just about um, how Notre Dame players don't translate to the NFL and specifically safeties. Tom Zibikowski, Glenn Earl, Jerome Sapp are the three he mentioned. Um, ironically, um, not ironically, but he, he left out this guy named Harrison Smith, which I wrote in this article that we have up on the screen on YouTube. I wrote, we'll offer one name for Edwards to research Harrison Smith, a six-time pro bowler who has done pretty well for himself as a safety coming out of Notre Dame. So, quote, Kyle Hamilton has to worry about the whole field and everybody. I don't want to put that type of pressure on a guy I don't believe in. It's like, man, I, 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 why, uh, what the heck do you not believe in Kyle Hamilton for? So what, what was your... Uh, your reaction. I also mentioned at the top of the article, just going back to me being petty. 
Uh, this was the first paragraph. Former Michigan wide receiver Braylon Edwards, who lost to Notre Dame two out of three years while playing for the Wolverines in 2002 and 2004. That was the opening line there. Thought some Irish fans might like my pettiness, but um, what was your reaction, Tim? That's a nice little shout out to Mike Goolsby there, the old 0204 big W's during the go. Willingham years. But uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those you're like, is that is that right? Is and you listen to him. It's like, yeah, the guys need to go out there and fi- find it on Twitter or YouTube and and listen to the quote because they're like, like dead serious. Like they don't think Kyle Hamilton's a good football player, and and then they get uh, the the host was on today talking about, well, if he fall, you know, if he falls to where Harrison Smith was, I think 28, 29, where Harrison got picked, he said, that's a perfect spot for him. So it, it was interesting. He used Jerome Sapp and Zibikowski. And last I checked, if you play in the NFL four years, you have a pension for life. And guess what? Those guys have a pension for life. And he uses Glenn Earl who was injured, but I think Notre Dame's got four or five, maybe six, safety's playing in the NFL right now getting a lot of a lot of playing time so it's uh it's quite interesting that take it was just bitterness a Michigan guy who as you just said did not have great success against Notre Dame so it was uh it's a good little fodder out there for a 24-hour period and it but it but it goes back to our talk last week some of this Hamilton stuff every year there's one guy whether it's Aaron Rodgers Brady Quinn when he fell there's always someone the the people pick on and for whatever reason, Kyle Hamilton's hit this year. Yeah. Um, a mm, couple thoughts here. Um, I'm, I'm never the hot take pile on guy like, um, X rankings website drops Notre Dame players. Let's all just roast that website. And because it's, you know, that that's typically, that's not me. I'm not that guy. But I have been on this one because I think Edwards is just taking an L. Like, I I think he was just kind of – I think he was just saying stuff and didn't really realize what he was saying. I mean, I've I've loved the Notre Dame fans who have been like, well, guess what? We don't want Kyle Hamilton going to the Lions anyways. Oh, Um, yes. And then the other note – I mean, I actually liked Braylon Edwards when he played with the Browns, you know, and and then when he was with the Jets for a couple of years, I'm a big Dolphins fan. I, you know, he, I thought yeah. he had a, he was a decent player, but Edwards was a number three pick uh, coming out of the 2005 draft, and in the what eight years he played, he only had um, 80 or more receptions once. That's not very good for a number three overall pick. So Braylon Edwards. And that you know, is that the year he had a thousand yards? I think only one year was a thousand yards, right? Yeah, yeah, he had twelve hundred thirty-nine yards, twelve hundred eighty-nine yards that year. So like, all right, Braylon, like you're a number three pick, and you ain't do nothing, like so. But well, again, I think I think I think the old timers like me will remember a number number three pick. I, I believe Charles Rogers, who was a Michigan State All American, went number three to the Lions, and uh did nothing as as well. So I'm sure some guys will look, I hate Michigan. There's already the quotes coming in. So yeah, exactly. You mentioned Michigan around a Notre Dame board. (laughs) Oh man, you just open it up. Again, typically I'm not the pile on guy, but for whatever reason, I took this one personally. I don't know. I agree. It it makes no sense. The the way they attacked him, basically he's saying. Smug, like just the the host guy, the worst. Well, what does he, he mean? Like, I don't want him covering the whole field. Well, have you watched any of his film? 
It's it, none of it. None of it makes sense at all. Yeah, at I want to say I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick, Tim. I want to say uh, Brady Quinn came in defense, which you love seeing that. You know, you're scrolling uh, through Twitter responses. I'm, oh, there's Brady Quinn. <laughs> um, Brady getting, Quinn is active, getting involved there, uh, uh, defending the Fighting Irish man. Brady Quinn's tweeting a lot, but um. Brady, so here, here's what Brady Quinn tweeted. I guess the sample size of Michigan draft picks is too small to figure out if they translate to the NFL. Also, I'm going to leave this here. And it was a video linking to um, a couple of Kyle Hamilton interceptions. Um, I, I'm guessing one of them is that amazing interception against Florida State. Um, from, oh, uh, it's, I mean, you just watch, I mean, the, but the two he had in that game, you just watch the highlights. It, yeah, none of it makes sense. It, you want to talk about piling on. I know Aiden Hutchinson's a solid player, but is he the number one pick in the draft? I don't know. It's, you know, I don't know. I don't to, to, me, it looks, to me, it looks like Chris Long, the, the Virginia guy who went number one to the Rams and had a nice solid career and all that, but yeah. Number one pick, Eden Hutchinson. So yeah, you want to, you, yeah. Yeah. We want to pile on. Let's pile on a little Michigan right there. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very strong draft, Tim, which probably means it's going to be like the best draft in NFL history. Um, but you got a lot of offensive tackles, and then a smorgasbord of a few guys here and there. You know, the DNs are dropping, or you know, the handful of DNs is going to be interesting. And then you got Hamilton, no, no true corner. So it's uh, a Sauce Gardner. Yeah, yeah, Sauce, Sauce Gardner, and I saw Stingley ran a four three today, so that's impressive. You know, well, you know. Eh. I don't know about Stingley. He gets, he's gotten beat quite often, I think, in his career, but he's got a lot of hype. All right. We will uh, move on. That was our uh, the best thing we saw this week, which um, that was the worst thing I saw this week. But I just <laughs> I had to fit in that somewhere yes. in this show, and that was kind of like a, a, a good point. So if you're just joining live with us, um, appreciate you guys um, for, for, for checking us out. Uh, head to blueandgold.com for all your Notre Dame football coverage. Okay. Um, the news of the day, um, Chris Smith, uh, 6'2", 293 pound defensive lineman. I'm told he'll play nose guard at Notre Dame. Um, he has committed to the fighting Irish. I was talking to him, I was texting with him today and, you know, trying to set up an interview with him to, to do a big story on him at balloongold.com and, and in our magazine, Blue and Gold Illustrated. And he's a busy man graduating from harvard so um so so kudos to him he's from detroit um concentration human evolutionary biology so sure. um, um sure. pretty legit here i don't know if you guys could just hear that but my cats are playing with each other and just ran across my room but so we will watch some christmas tape here tim i'm I'm pretty intrigued to oh. to hear what you think about him as a player i yeah, I jumped on the message board and was chatting with a bunch of players, to, uh, a bunch of players, a bunch of uh, the message board uh, peeps today. And yeah, you know, it's always conflicting things, right? You flip a coin who, you know, who you're going to chat with sometimes, which is interesting. I like him because number one, Notre Dame needs an, some interior guys and he's going to come, he's going to play one year. And my take is how does this guy hurt your football team? I mean, seriously, he's going to, I mean, he gives you 20, 25 snaps a game. To go along with Cross, Lacey inside, Adam is playing the three tech. He's quick as can be. And if you and if he's a legit 290, he is short, you know, but so is Howard Cross. But if he's a legit 290, a little bowling ball in there, he could give you, you know, two dozen snaps a game. Great. 
he's he's not soft. He's not slow. He's really quick. And I think people need to understand Ivy League football is really good football. There's a lot of dudes playing Ivy League that got, you know, Stanford offers, uh, Vanderbilt offers, a lot of guys that get offers to go to the MAC and take the Ivy League. I've had a few guys with Ivy offers that I've coached in the past, so I know how it works. It is really good football. So people need to keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty close to you on this one, Tim. I would tell Notre Dame fans to keep their expectations low. Um, I don't think he's going to, you know, have an impact like a like a just talking about recent history here, like a McLeod, Ben or, or the DBs they've had Riggs, McLeod. They've had some really good corners come in and be instant starters. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't think he's going to be that, but I also don't think he's going to be Trevor Spates or, you know, Kane Madden. Um, some Notre Dame fans watching this might be like, who the heck is Trevor Spates? Exactly. exactly. I transferred to Notre Dame from Stanford and, and never touched the field. So um, I think he's going to be a fine, yeah, 20 snaps a game. I don't think he's going to be a starter. Um, I think he, he he's fine. My question what what I'm curious about is who could have Notre Dame gotten potentially in this spot instead? You know, could the is this taking um you know a a best available at some other position? I still believe that Notre Dame is going to land a wide receiver. Uh, they they need to get a grad transfer receiver here, and I think in the next couple months, yeah. um you know they're taking. We'll talk about Jabran Payne, but I believe Notre Dame is going to take Jabran Payne, the the running back who will count towards the 2022 recruiting class. Like, I, I'm just that's that's kind of my concern and thought here is that could they have gone, um, you know, a, a different route here for this spot, or will they just have so much attrition that it doesn't matter? You know, uh, that, that that those are kind of my thoughts here, Tim. Any yep. uh, any rebuttal? No, I mean, no, I agree. I believe if if numbers, you know, if you add all the recruits and the guys are on scholarships, Salerno and and uh, all those guys, you know, the, some of the walk-ons on scholarships, I want to say they're at 84, 85 right now. I, I'm not 100% sure, but 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 they're up in that, and they're up in that 80s right now. So, which, which leads, you know, you know, Coach Freeman knows what's going to happen. There's Every year it's Notre Dame football. They never they never line up with eighty five, right? There's always a, an injury. Right. There's always another late transfer happens every single year. So the goal is to get to eighty five. I think you're right with the wide receiver. They have to get another wide receiver just for numbers, just just for numbers. You know, you know, you, you can't go through a whole season practicing with just nothing but walk ons out there. So, um, but. I'm not in the porthole. I'm not, I'm not breaking that down. Who's available. And obviously Notre Dame, you know, people think the porthole and this is a topic of discussion on the message board all the time about, Oh, can we get this guy? Can we get this guy? And it's like, just cause he's in the portal doesn't mean you can get him. So he he's a, he's a solid football player. They need interior guys, which the next question is, is Gabe Rubio? Not, not a true nose. So that's that's going to be another thing. You know, he's only been in the program one year. So is he not ready to play nose? Really good looking D tackle in high school, but how does that land? Which uh, another thing, a sidebar off of that is Riley Mills. I think this is more about obviously Riley Mills being a true D end and keeping him on the field because if he plays inside, 
that means he's a backup to Adam Eola. And do you want Riley Mills being a backup? So I, you know, I, I we, think we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, I just think this has more to do with the nose tackle bodies. Yeah. They see him as a one tech, and Kayana Aina was that. Who are the other one techs on, on the team, Tim? What Jason Anye, who's a you know a project. I know he's in the two nineties, um, getting a few little reps this year in spring. You've re- you've heard about him, but you know when you hear about a guy in reports, it sounds like he's he's far off. And then it's Rubio just by pure numbers. So it goes back to Mills. I know he's always been talked about an inside guy, but I like Riley Mills. I, he needs to be on the field. He can't be a interior backup because then you, you know, that means your strong side end is going to be Nana or Ensberger out of Germany. Right. So are those guys really better than Riley Mills, who is probably going to be the starting, you know, wide side defensive end when it's all said and done. So this is a pure take. Hey, come give us 20 snaps a game. We need you for a year. Why we get Heinish some more weight? Because he's 250-ish, and he looks tiny as could be in his pictures when he visited on his official visit. So, I, you know, I doubt he's not ready to play this year. All right. Cool stuff. So uh, that's talking uh, Harvard nose guard transfer Chris Smith. For those wondering, one year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's all. He's, he's a one-year rental. So... I had the opportunity to interview former Notre Dame quarterback Rick Meyer, which uh, we will go ahead and listen to that conversation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Notre Dame fans, we've got former Notre Dame quarterback Rick Meyer here on the show. And for maybe some of you youngsters who might not know about this guy, uh, played for the Fighting Irish quarterback from 89 to 92, 29-7-1 as a starter, three yards short of 6,000 yards passing, 41 touchdowns, and 23 interceptions, number two pick in the 93 draft to the Seahawks. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Rick, you should be a very proud papa. You've got three sons, youngest Charlie going to Stanford, Oliver to play quarterback. You got Oliver, uh, a lacrosse player at Michigan, and uh, Morrison, a grad student on the lacrosse team at your alma mater. I mean, is it is it feel? What's the feeling to have you got one of your sons at Notre Dame and then two at two of the Fighting Irish's biggest rivals? Well, we're busy. We um, try to keep up with all the games. Obviously, uh, well, Charlie plays baseball still in high school, too, so all three are playing a spring sport, and the travel's a little bit crazy, and the weather factors in and all that. But I- I'm proud. They- they're rooting for each other. There's no ill will schools-wise. I mean, we're just, as parents, Steph and I are thrilled that uh, they're all doing well. And 
they're happy where they're at and where they're going, and uh, we're excited to watch them play. So Oliver six one, uh, Morrison six two. You're about six three. Where did Charlie get this height at six six? I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, he's probably closer to six seven, and then he's got a bunch of hair too. So um, he he's just big and always has been. And uh, we call him little boy in our house, but he's the big one now. So we're going to talk about some recent current Notre Dame news to get Rick's reaction. Just yesterday, I believe it was, uh, on Tuesday, Notre Dame announces that it's scheduled um, its first ever FCS opponent, Tennessee State, an HBCU school. Rick, where, where do you kind of land on this? I feel like Notre Dame fans are split, leaning towards not liking this um, <laughs> because they like to be able to say, we never have played um, an FCS school Um I believe there's just, what, a couple schools who can make that claim. Where do you fall on it, Rick? I honestly don't know a ton about it. I did see the news. I did read a little bit. I don't think it's a coincidence that Eddie George is there and there's a connection. I, I don't know that. I'm just assuming. Um, I, I think, it, to me, the flexibility of not being in a conference gives you options. And I know, I would imagine, uh, Jack Swarbrick, had a say in this and it felt like this was a good thing and it's uh, you know something that's never happened before i have no problem with it I, I don't you know we've played smaller schools places that don't really seem to make sense you know historically but there's usually a reason and a tie and i you know i think with, with marcus and eddie's past i mean maybe that's some of it but it's just a great opportunity for them to get in front of a big audience and i'm all i'm all for it yeah, part of where I land, it's like, what what's the, the difference between, at the end of the year, it's strength the schedule between Notre Dame playing Tennessee State and, you know, Ball State. Like, what's what's the big difference at the end of it? So, I mean, Notre Dame plays a lot of cool games, Rick. I mean, Vegas against UNLV, you know, go play in Ireland. It's like bringing HBCU school up to Notre Dame. I don't know. I, th I think it's awesome. I, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got no problems with it. Another thing that we will see here, uh, maybe not we will see, but Notre Dame reintroducing game day mass. Thoughts on that? I personally didn't even know that they didn't do that anymore. Um, I, I lost is track that something? Too. I mean, you don't. I guess you see what you see on NBC pregame, but I don't, you know, maybe know exactly where they're coming from. I assume they were still doing that. Um, it's something that I think they should do, and and I, you know, have great memories of that and sitting there with all the guys and Father really would. Uh, make it kind of quick for us back in the day and it's it's just part of the routine it's part of the daily game day thing in my uh experience and i'm glad they're doing it so rick you're a san diego guy it looks like you're having a, a beautiful day there here on wednesday um tell us about your also a san diego guy tyler buckner um the favorite for notre dame starting quarterback job this season what was your first knowledge of tyler buckner do you remember of when that was yeah, I met Tyler and his parents. Well, she, she might have been like eight years old, pretty, pretty young, seven or eight years old. We did a little football clinic. It was a fundraiser for a community center here. We live in the same town. Um, I've been in touch with his parents and, and Tyler a little bit. You know, we're, we're on different schedules and stuff now, but I've been watching pretty closely and I'm, I'm rooting for him. I was excited to see him get in as much as he did last season. He says a true freshman. I know how that is. Um, he played some meaningful minutes and got some great experience. So, you know, I know there's a competition. Uh, I'm pulling for all those kids, but uh, Tyler is a hometown guy for us. We've known him. My, he's in between my boys a little bit. We've seen him play lacrosse and hoops and baseball and you know, all the little league stuff and everything. So I've seen him grow up, and uh, he's got a great opportunity ahead of him. 
when you saw him on the field last season and, and maybe a little bit in high school, I mean, what would you say? You know, what, what's the Skyner report on him? Like, what have you seen from him and any expectations you have for him, assuming he is the starter this fall? Well, I've been saying since he committed and showed up on campus, I mean, super athletic kid, um, huge ceiling. Um, it felt like last year they put him in a position where it was more about running than throwing. Uh, and that, I think, will sort itself out. Uh, you're going to have to do both more on a full-time basis if, if he's a full-time guy, and I, and I hope he is. But, um, you know, my guess is both those guys are going to play. I think that's just kind of how it goes in a lot of a lot of teams for for good reasons or bad reasons. No, you got to be, you know, healthy to play all those games, and they both need to be ready. And, I, you know, I think he can handle the task. And I think with Tommy being there uh, as a former quarterback and understanding exactly what the kid's going through is, is a big bonus too. So, of course, Notre Dame as a first-year head coach and uh, Marcus Freeman leading the program. What are your expectations for this season? I mean, what what may be good realistic expectations for you, Rick, you know, going into the season for Freeman? I mean, it's a tough start, right? I mean, the irony of, of playing Ohio State early um, isn't going to be easy. Um, it's always kind of nice to win the early ones, but they're going to jump right into the fire. So that's a little concerning, but I, I guess you find out real quick what you have. And um, I, I was really excited to see Marcus get this opportunity. I think everybody else was. The reaction was insane. Um, it was just so positive. And I've had a chance to meet him a few times, his wife and the kids. And uh, I, every time I see him, I'm like, I don't know when you sleep, but I hope you're getting some rest because you're sort of everywhere. And he's great with the recruiting and he's supporting the other sports. Uh, I've seen him around campus. So, um, you know, I know the kids like him and they're going to play hard, and that's all you can ask out of them. And, and hopefully the experience with the bowl game can, can benefit in the future. It would have been nice to finish that thing off uh, a little differently, but that one doesn't mean as much as some of these next ones are going to. And, and I, hope, I hope and believe they have a good group of kids and a great staff and should have a good run. Rick, this is going a little off script. This wasn't on our, our schedule. But for just from what I've heard, it seems like – Notre Dame just in these past couple months under Marcus Freeman have been a little bit more involved with um, outreach to to Notre Dame football alums. Is that something maybe you've noticed here re recently? Definitely. Yes, definitely. There's been more uh, inclusion for the older guys than I've ever seen. And um, I think it's a good move. I think it's it's nice to include everybody. And I told Marcus when I saw him or met him that I appreciated that. And he said he really wants the guys to be around the younger kids and be sort of a mentor or just a sounding board or, or somebody that in their network going forward. And I firmly believe that. I think it's a smart move. Uh, really no knock on any of the other guys. Uh, he doesn't seem to be threatened by anybody or anything. He's including everyone. And I think the spring game weekend will show that. I would, I would guess there'll be more guys back for that one than there's ever been. And uh, I, I think that's coming straight from the top. Rick, we'll end with, um, you got to plug play like a champion today. Wine, um, you know, just, Tell us about it, how long it's been going here, and, and where Notre Dame fans can pick up a bottle or two. Well, yeah, I mean, really, I've been working on the mirror wine stuff in, in Napa for 12, 13 years now, 14 years maybe. Um, so Play Like a Champion today came after the fact. It, it kind of branches off of mirror because of what we've been working on and the relationship we have with the university, with the Notre Dame Family Wine Program. Um, we decided uh, there's a small group of us that have some ownership and some some control of the trademark, play like a champion today. Um, and we just wanted to have another product that you don't see in the bookstore, haven't seen anywhere in the past. So a natural, simple thing to add was the wine. 
which isn't that simple, to be honest. It's, there's a lot that goes into that, but uh, it's been a success. That the Morrison is going to be all over town retail. We have a website. Um, you know, the Notre Dame Family Wine Program promotes it pretty good with the alumni base, and, and they can buy it that way too. But really, on campus, you can get it right at the doors, right at the Morrison at that new coffee shop the j cafe i think uh that new spot that opened up i mean they have it on the shelf there so it's kind of for the people that ask and they're going to be around that's the easiest place to get it but martin's and belmont and all those places are going to have it ready for the for the uh, fall season and, and some of the packaging is improving and changing as we grow this thing it's just been a lot of fun to share with the alumni for graduations and parties and tailgates and even weddings and you know all kinds of holidays and stuff so it's been a fun gift and it's a fun product and the wine's really good well this has been a fun conversation rick definitely appreciate you joining the show have a great rest of your day man okay thanks all right awesome stuff there from uh, rick meyer tim any uh reaction to, to any things he he talked about well number one i i i love you know, when he's talking about the alumni thing, because I think that's been a huge outcry. I know I know uh, Mike Goolsby's talked about it a bunch, you know, especially when Kelly left and we did a bunch of live shows that week together, how that was a big thing. And Freeman has really, really bought into that. And uh, you keep hearing that from so many alums, whether it's on Twitter, podcasts, whatever it is all out there, whenever they're they're chatting about they're they're talking about blue and gold game. Marcus Freeman's reached out to him personally like so many of the great All-Americans, to, hey, hey, you're more than welcome to come here and chit-chat anytime. And it's it's awesome. I, I you know, I think that's the best thing, uh, you know, that's going on that Freeman's doing. And then lastly, you, I always got to bust out something old. So I, I found a quick little loose emoji, 1992 for, uh, for Mr. Rick Meyer right here. Lou writes, the Irish quarterbacks judged by one loss record, a little article about Rick Meyer and, there's a nice picture when Meyer uh, announces to come back. And uh, what's crazy is talking about modern offenses when, when he threw 18 touchdowns in 91 at that time, single season Notre Dame record. How crazy is that? 18. <laughs> but uh, now that's good. a bad year. It was, it was a great interview. It's a great interview. There's so many great memories with Rick and, and, the, and that whole Lou, Lou Holtz era. So, you know, let's get that era back with Marcus Freeman would be awesome. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of proud of myself when I thought of to ask that uh, off-scripted question about um, the uh, the alumni thing. I actually got a call from Goolsby today. For folks wondering, where's Goolsby? Guys, <laughs> he's alive. He's alive. <laughs> We're gonna have him on shows. He, he we just don't. We just you know he he wants to do more stuff during the football season. Uh, we'll do a show with him after the um, the blue gold game. Um, I think Tim and I, I think Tim, we're going to do a, the post game show. Um, and then, uh, Goolsby and I will go live probably on Sunday. I'll actually be in South Bend that weekend. So I'll, we'll have to figure out the logistics or some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to meet Mr. Goolsby for the first time. We've been working together for a couple of years, but, um, we have not been able to meet yet. So looking forward. He loves to tag. He and I text at least once a week, just in 99% of the time, we always talk about linebackers. So it has been a, he and I have been having a blast talking about uh, football and just the guys going forward. So really excited. All right. Well, let's, uh, we are what, 34 minutes into the show. And I figured let's, let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, maybe the, the big topic um, that uh, of the week so far being Notre Dame scheduling, um, uh, Tennessee State FCS school HBCU school 
Uh, Tim, I know we both have thoughts on this. Let's just uh, dive into what was your first reaction when you saw this news. Well, you know me, I love to be brutally honest, is uh, literally when I saw the tweet come up and uh, I had to do, number one, I had to do a double take, like, is this real? Secondly, is that Eddie George? (laughs) I had no idea he was the head football coach down there. And then third is, okay, if it's Eddie George, is Orlando Pace going to be in front of him blocking (laughs) against Notre Dame like the 1995 game when Eddie had over 200 yards, I think 90% of it was behind Orlando Pace in that game in Columbus. But uh, yeah, you know what? It was at first, you know, for me being an old timer, you know, uh, you know, one of the old guys, so to speak, is, um, uh, hey, I want Notre Dame to play for a national championship. That's, you know, that's what it's about. And that was the first thing I thought about was, how does this affect Notre Dame moving forward in the race for a national championship? We just talked to Rick Meyer. He was on those teams that were battling each and every year for those things. So it's been a while and uh you know since they've had one so how does this affect them and at first as you know i was just like oh uh, you know the data points you always hear the herb streets and these clowns on espn excuse me always talking about the data points and notre dame's always had 12 right you know you could talk about i'm just you know throwing it out there when alabama or clemson when they go to the acc sec title and we have our 13th data point my first thing is nah, technically you have 12 because that 13th is a 1AA, an FCS. So now Notre Dame doesn't have that 12th. They'll have 11 that season. So how does that affect them during that? So that's my quick little 90-second rant of my initial reactions, and we'll dive more into it. All right, let me pull up Alabama's 2021 schedule. Let's go, let's go through this. Mercer, that's an oh, yeah. FCS. Southern Miss. That's not special. And New Mexico State, which, Tim, really, that's – they're independent, right? But that's an FCS school. That, yes. Like, they're, they're the level of FCS. Yes. Well, they got kicked out of a conference, so that tells you where New Mexico State is. So, if you want to talk about data points, then – I agree. Then you take out those two games, Mercer and and New Mexico State. Tim, I've I've – I was really looking forward to this being a much more of a back and forth. I don't want this. I agree. Bull crap. Um, but no, no, I, I hear you. And I think, you know, it's been 24 hours. It's been 24 hours. So you get to ponder and you, and you get to look at it. So I looked at it as, as you know, the so don't quote unquote, you know, quote unquote data point in the games. So, you know, you just brought up the schedule. I look at the schedules now by power fives. How many power fives are you playing? I think that is what's important. So, you know, right away, the SEC and the ACC are automatic eight. They only play eight conference games. So eight. Notre Dame is playing eight or nine each and every year. So that's on par there. And then it's, you know, the non-power fives where Notre Dame is Navy. This year it's UNLV. So you just pulled up Alabama's. Their non-power fives are, uh, you know, New Mexico State. They have the one double A. But they play their and they're not see, but they're playing a ninth power five, which was Miami last year. Uh, Clemson plays theirs with their rival game being uh, South Carolina. But they played a tenth one this year, past year when they played Georgia. So that's ten power fives. You gotta. For me, as I start to look at it, I start looking at it from there, and then um, Notre Dame is playing eight nine power fives, just like these other guys are each and every year. Tim, so I don't. 
Tim, how, how, how many did Cincinnati play last year? How, oh, ma- how many yeah, Power they... Fives did Cincinnati play last year? What, two? Well, Notre Dame, Notre Dame and Indiana. Notre Dame and Indiana. And they made the playoff. Exactly, because they were, they were undefeated. So they are undefeated. So listen, so, Notre Dame fans. One, if you want to bring in the the woke and, and the the political, this the, we're we're not the show for you. We don't we don't care about that. We the, no, we're, we're not going to uh, uh, opine on that. I I think Notre Dame playing at HBCU school is awesome. Um, but like to me, that's not the discussion. Like we're 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 talking, you know, Notre Dame football and them making the college football playoff. So whether it is Tennessee State or Ball State or um, New Mexico State, you win your games. If Notre Dame goes undefeated, they're going to make the college football playoff. Unless there are an undefeated Alabama, an undefeated Clemson, an undefeated Ohio State, and then what? An undefeated Pac-12? Big 12, is that going to happen? Like, have we ever seen an undefeated Notre Dame team, you know, not reach the national championship game since I've been alive? No, right? No. And the the year they made it, you know, which is in 2012, the year they made it, they had, they played 10 power five football teams, 10. And what, and, you know, and won them all. You had Navy and then, oh my gosh. Oh, BYU. BYU is a non-power five, which is interesting onto itself, but that was their 12 game schedule that year. So they played 10. So they were more than worthy. And I think when, when programs start to look at this, it's, it's moving forward, Mike, if they do not expand the playoffs and Notre Dame has some future schedules coming up where they have to fill them. And if moving forward, if Notre Dame wants to start, or is Notre Dame going to start slowly getting away from the shamrock? Are they going to keep an extra game at home? you know, to have, you know, more money, more fans on campus than going to Vegas, New York City, what, you know, whatever it is, as they've done in the past. If it's going to be an FCS team, no matter who it is, is that, is that going to hurt them when at the end of the day, they have 12 games and all those conference championships have 13, but they have one more extra D1 game. That's, that's where the debate is. Only if... There are four other Power Five teams that are undefeated. Then I could see Notre Dame being left out. But when does that happen? So let's just say Georgia. Let's just throw this out there. So Notre Dame's eleven and one or twelve and zero this past year, and they have a one double A win. But Georgia loses in the conference championship game in their thirteenth game, thirteenth game, and twelve out of those thirteen have been Division One schools. Obviously, they play Stetson or Campbell or whoever their one double A is each and every year down there in, in Georgia. Do they get in because they've played more? I'm telling you this, if the playoffs do not expand and Notre Dame will do an FCS team more down the road to help the schedule out, so to speak, will that come into factor? Even a 12 and 0 Notre Dame team. That just, I mean, that's the discussion every year. It's, it's does this one loss team. That, that's always a well, thing. Not, yeah. Oh, I'm talking about a 12-0 Notre Dame team. Yeah, 12-0 Notre Dame team. But is it a 12-0? Let's say it's 2027 and Notre Dame is going to start doing a round robin of FCS schools every year just to go out there and start having teams come to the campus that have never come. 
does you know how does that affect Notre Dame in the in the grand scheme? Does does Notre does a twelve and one Notre Dame, excuse me, does a twelve and zero Notre Dame get over the rankings in against a twelve and one SEC championship game loser? I don't know, but my point here is that the data point being Tennessee State instead of a MAC team is not the difference maker. That is my number one argument here. That is not the difference maker. If that is, then you know what Notre Dame needs to do? They need to say, hey, Hawaii, we'll pay you a million dollars every year for us to fly out there and whoop your butts because you're only allowed to play 12 regular season games unless you play Hawaii. Hawaii is allowed to be a 13th regular season game. So go schedule Hawaii, go out there and whoop their butts and enjoy Hawaii um, and I'm sure a lot of Notre Dame fans wouldn't mind that little vacation um, and, and do that because that's a, um, what, a Mountain West team. But at the end of the day, it's like they're not going to do that because it's not going to affect their strength of schedule resume. It's just not. So, well, uh, yeah. Well, that's why I went and looked at, uh, at schedules going forward. Schedules going forward, Notre Dame's playing nine Power 5 teams. Nine. So they're on par with the ACC champ, the you know the SEC champ in the regular season now, uh, with you know when they're playing eight, and then they always have a another one. So they're playing nine in uh, coming up here in most of the years, and they still need to fill a game. So there's, I mean, there's a possibility I'm looking at in 2025-26 where they may play ten Power Five teams if they have one, because which I, you know I I totally forgot Stanford's coming off the schedule. So is Stanford going to Stanford's off the schedule after 2024. So does that open up? Cause if right now in 24, 25, Notre Dame's got two games opening that they need to fill, excuse me, in 25 and 26, they need to fill two games moving forward. Is it going to be an FCS school? You know, and you know, I, me personally, you know, you could go, you could go either way. If it's going to be one, so be it. We're going to live with it. This is what we're going to do. Because all the other ones are doing it, right? So it's like, you know, it's not hurting them. It's not hurting, the, you know, none of those guys because all those games are always included, which as a Notre Dame fan has always been frustrating. It, it has been frustrating when you hear them like, well, they got, you know, they're 12-0. and 0. No, they're 11-0. and 0. You know, they got an one double in there, a glorified bye. So, hey, every once in a be- while there's an Appalachian State who actually makes that a game. True. Uh, exactly exactly good old michigan there you, you know god man we we, we always got to rub a michigan thing in there. No, it's, it's, always, it's always fun oh there, no you're right there is and um it's it's fascinating as i look back because i really didn't look into the schedules until late last night and early this morning when i started looking at the the schedules moving forward i mean there's some years that are juggernauts so you start looking at them and it's like is a fcs school is playing you know, you know, Tennessee state, you know, for the next five years going to hurt them when look at this, Mike, there's one year they got Florida state, Miami on the schedule, Clemson, they got some Southern powers. Miami's is going to get going with crystal ball. You know, come on. They, they just are Florida state is going to get it rolling. They got a good football Tim, coach. Tim, so this season some of these schedules next, are juggernauts. Yeah. This season and next Ohio yes. state, USC, Clemson. I mean, it's it's not Notre Dame's fault that uh, Stanford's down. They were a perennial yeah. top team for a while there. Um, oh, I mean, doubt. North Carolina is a, a good football program. Obviously, much better basketball school. But 
I mean, <laughs> it's not Notre Dame's fault that they're down. I mean, that's it's a really good schedule on paper. So where I go yes. back to this 2023 season, I don't like the opening schedule is terrible. Navy, Tennessee State, and Central Michigan. That's that's not that's not great. But then Ohio State, USC, uh, Wake Forest, Clemson, Stanford, Pitt, Duke, Louisville, and NC State. That's a really strong schedule, especially that meet of the middle, Ohio State, USC, Wake, and Clemson. Yes. Um, I mean, those all four yes. could be barn burners. So that's why I'm just like, it's it's really not a big deal. I, 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 I And I mentioned this in the interview with Rick. Some of these lower-level schools that they're playing, like a, like a BYU, that's a Mountain West team. Or no, they're independent, right? Yeah, they're independent now, yeah. I mean, playing Navy in Baltimore, um, in Ireland, um, playing UNLV in Vegas. Uh, or I thought it was UNLV's in Vegas. He's got BYU. I thought they were playing oh, UNLV. Yeah. You have UNLV. They played Reno a couple of years ago. I mean, they're definitely going towards some of those mid-major, smaller, smaller Mac and Mountain West schools and whatnot. And I think some of the openings that are up here, they have a lot of openings. You know, Notre Dame's going to keep filling those things. Yeah. The, I mean, they just are, but there's even one year if they get Stanford back on this schedule, where's the year they play Cal. Uh, there's one of those years. They're going to have 10 power fives. Yeah. So even if they play the one, they, if you play at FCS school and Notre Dame's playing Navy, 10 power fives and an FCS, there's no way in heck you could hold Notre Dame out. You can't. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what what I was saying before I slipped up, I could have sworn I, I was it I, I forgot BYU in, in in Vegas, but um, where where I was going with my train of thought was like some of these lower level games, Notre Dame plays in a cool venue, or it's just like some kind of you know Shamrock series, you know, some kind of historical type thing. I think I could see Notre Dame playing HBCU teams for this foreseeable future if they're going to say. We're going to add FCS. I don't think they're just going to add FCS teams just to add FCS teams. Notre Dame is, yeah. you know, pretty traditional school. I mean, they're going to think about it. They're, they're going to think, think about it. it. And they're going to have a reason for it. Yeah, they're going to have a reason for it. I mean, they haven't joined a conference. I mean, they're they're, they're sticking to to Notre Dame. Yes. For the if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're like, I hate this because I liked us never playing an FCS team ever. That I understand. You know, like I, I do understand that, but at the end of the day, Notre Dame's going to play Tennessee State. You're going to remember that. It's going to hurt you a little bit. If you say you're boycotting the game, BS, you're going to watch it on Peacock just like I am. Well, if you can figure it out um, and if I can figure it out, but it's going to move on and the whole FCS thing, you're going to forget it. Like it's going to be okay. Um, so, you know. That, well, well, like I told you, Mike, I went back and, you know, so I went back and was, you know, and I looked at the Lou Holtz years because it's like, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone acts like all they did was play top 10 teams every, every week. No, they did not. Okay. There are some, there, you know, there are some cream puffs back then. Case in point, you know, the year they won the national title, obviously they only played 11 games back then and 12th being the bowl game, but they played, you know, eight power fives, you know, because half of them were, you know, the big 10, you know, and you had Purdue who was horrible back in those heydays, but their three group of fives. They, I mean, Lou Holtz played air force and Navy every year, except for one year. I don't think he played air force. Air force was a traditional school and the year they won the national title, it beat rice. So rice, you know, 
you know, I don't think they're, you know, they could be a, a great, you know, they're, I mean, they're no one you, you talk about. And then in 89, they played SMU fresh off the death penalty. So it's like, you know, that's basically a one double A back then as they whooped them up with 60 and plus not. And then in 95, they played all three service academies. If Notre Dame played all three service academies today, they would get destroyed. They, they just would. And here it is. There's multiple years where they're playing two every year during the whole years. Now, obviously, they played great teams, but that goes back to scheduling. Those were great teams. SC was a good. Miami was freakish. Obviously, the Florida State years. Michigan, Michigan State. You know, yeah, they played a ton of ranked teams because those were good programs. And I think moving forward, you look at this schedule, A&M coming up. You know, obviously they got, you know, me personally, I really think Miami and Florida State are, are going to get better. So, and they're, and they're going to start playing them more often on this schedule that's coming up. So it's all going to balance out because do we, you know, do we really know what's going to happen five years from now? No, no. Uh, Michael Perks in the YouTube comment says, talk about an oxymoron BYU versus uh, Notre Dame in Vegas. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always going to be a good laugh. All right, let's uh, hear from Reggie Brooks real quick. Uh, I'm actually going to uh, – my file did not play, so I'm going to have to find this. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Um, quick technical difficulty, but um, I really wanted to hear from Reggie Brooks. Uh, let's see if I can't figure out um, – all right, I'll just play it back for, uh, for for YouTube audience at the beginning of the show, or us podcast audience. Sorry, my uh, cue that up and it didn't work. We will <laughs> move along, sorry about that, to um, talking about quick recruiting news uh, before we get out of here. Um, Jabran Payne, um, a, uh, signed with Indiana in the 2022 class, committed to the Hoosiers under Delane McCullough, who, of, of course, now Notre Dame's running backs coach. So... Um, you know, a few weeks after uh, Payne signs, his running backs coach leaves, and uh, then Payne decides, you know what, I'm going to leave too. Uh, Payne officially visited Kentucky at the start of the week, and he's expected to officially visit Notre Dame at the end of the week. So we've written a good bit about him at BlueAndGold.com on uh, Tuesday, so you can check those articles out, $1 for a year of premium access. Uh, it, it's interesting, Tim, because... I mean, you look at his offer list. He had just about. I mean, we can we can pull it up here at, at, on yeah. three: Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, Florida, um, the, the Notre Dame. Th- those were some of the biggies. And then he signs with Indiana. Big part of it is he. I think he played McCullough. one game as a junior and just a, a few as a senior. So on. On Huddle, this is the most recent tape we have of Jabran Payne as, as a sophomore. So we're looking at 2019 season uh, yeah. where he was a big part in leading LaSalle to a, a state championship and very competitive ball in Ohio. So, um, you know, it's like, yeah, he looks great as a sophomore, but, I mean, three years ago, Tim. So I'm just curious what you think about him as a player in this potential gift for Notre Dame. Well, number one, if if they're uh, getting this sophomore film, it's it's a get because he his sophomore film is freakish. And googling him, and you start reading the articles, all these teams were after him hardcore. I mean, he would have been a a top one hundred recruit when you start reading all the stuff on him after his sophomore year, and then he lost his junior year to a high ankle sprain. 
which is a running back. That's almost, you know, akin to a broken foot. He was out a ton that year. And then his senior year, you know, he just mix and match a few carries here and there. And then, like you said, he fell down to uh, Coach McCullough there at Indiana. But uh, the one thing I like about this kid is he goes downhill. There's no pausing. There's no waiting. He gets the ball, and he is attacking the line of scrimmage instantly. And and if people don't know, the the brand of football that he plays in here in, in, this, in the Cincinnati Catholic League is – is on par, you know, with the Trinity League in Southern California. Whoa! No, no, not on par. Up there, up there. The Trinity League. Hey, you know me. That's. I mean, that's the premier in college football or high school football, basically college. If you're from California, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know right. what I'm talking about. But uh, but the Cincinnati Catholic League is big time high school football, and um, a lot of good football players out of there. So downhill, aggressive. Good football player, and if that's the guy they're getting, if this ankle injury doesn't linger on, and they get this guy right here, who's going against a ton of Division One football players, Notre Dame's got a heck of a football player going into that running back room. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one thing I liked real quick, Mike, is I saw some uh, McCullough video. This is really stuck in my head watching some of his video that you know Ashton and Tyler and Patrick put out was him chewing butt of the running backs in practice one day, just telling those guys, get the ball and go downhill. And that was in some of McCullough's quotes where he's telling these guys, if the ball's going right side C gap, I want you running right side C gap. So, and that's a, a, you know, that video with coach McCullough has really stuck to me and watching this young man, I could see a lot of uh, those types of coaching points that McCullough wants in him. I, yeah, I like, I really liked him when he was a recruit covering him because, uh, yeah, Lance Taylor and, uh, the staff, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Notre Dame had offered him, I think in the fall of 2020. So, yeah. I mean, I interviewed him then. And so here's the interesting thing. Jeremy Larkin is a new assistant. Uh, I don't know if he's a grad assistant or analyst, but he went to LaSalle and, um, rec- helped recruit. Northwestern was a top school for Payne. Here he is playing linebacker, by the way, for YouTube yeah. audience. So there's the connection there. Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden recruited him when they were at Cincinnati. Freeman, you know, was the defensive coordinator for the Bearcats, but he recruited Payne, who also could have been a really good linebacker, by the way. Maybe that's still an option at the next level. I don't know. Um, you got the McCullough connection. So there's four really good connections. So that's why I'd be pretty surprised if Payne doesn't end up at Notre Dame. I feel like it's Notre Dame's choice. Um, otherwise, I mean, between McCullough, Larkin, Bowden, Freeman, I mean, it, it it's got to end up being Notre Dame. If the staff feels like, hey, this fits our numbers, um, then uh, I I I get it. Take them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because I think they're gonna take two running backs in the twenty twenty three class. So what does that leave you? What potentially what seven scholarship running backs that's that's a little high so um we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there um but yeah i think uh I, I think this is a good pickup i'm intrigued i don't think we see him much in this highlight tape as a receiver but could he be a gadget guy early on in his career i mean help out or playing some slot receiver early on could be a nice body there to him what do you think Yes. I mean, well, just on the screens, he definitely does it, you know, and you know, he's, he's the, the guy gets the ball. He goes downhill. He's aggressive. He's a one plant go physical. I'm going to run someone over. I'm going to run into that gap and go. 
I mean, look at this cut right here. So, but real quick, Mike, you know, we, you know, we've been talking a little bit about running back recruiting and I know they're, they're high on the, you know, Lamar yeah, uh, youngster and they have a Cedric Irvin, but you watch this kid, you know, he, he hate to be negative, but he sure is a heck of a more of aggressive, quicker, physical running back than those guys. So that's going to be interesting how that moves, as you're saying, with the running back recruiting. I mean, look at him playing defense. I read a, an article on him I found in some of the Cincinnati papers where he talked about playing strong safety. And a lot of the Mac schools were looking at him as a strong safety that plays in that 3-3 three, three stack type of a defense. So I found that interesting. He, The dude loves to hit. He's a physical. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, uh, Tim, do, do we have anything else we wanted to uh, to, to go over? You think we're good? No, we're, we're good. We're good. Let's get ready for Ohio State, as people are starting to ask about. <laughs> we got plenty of time. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, plenty we'll have plenty of, plenty of breakdowns of, of the Buckeyes here on YouTube and at BloomGold.com. So pretty decent sized in terms of importance recruiting weekend julian saying the uh we were going to talk about him but we'll, we'll probably save him for, for, for next week julian saying number 13 overall player number three quarterback in the 2024 class southern california guy um he'll be on, on notre dame's campus thursday you got charles jaggy saw um just braylon james commit soon um i'm gonna be in charlotte tomorrow seeing sullivan absher um, and a couple other Notre Dame car targets in that area uh, in, in North Carolina. So good time to sign up at blueandgold.com, dollar for one year um, of premium access at blueandgold.com. Big game for – you ever watch PTI and Tony Kornheiser at the end yells – you know, says, go Canada. With we got to get our flags. Yeah, before I end up here, it's just shout out Liverpool. Beat Man City on Sunday. Go win the yeah, Premier soccer, League. soccer, right? All right. I don't, I, don't get, I don't get the soccer. I don't get the soccer. World Cup, I'll watch World Cup. The rest of it, eh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Good night, America. <laughs>